0: Buddy, this is Kevin here, coming at you with the Church Leaders Roundtable podcast, and with me here, I've got Sarah, hey guys, Stacy, howdy, and Darren, what's up? And hey, so because March has five weeks, we figured we would take uh, one week, just one episode, to let y'all get to know a little bit more about us. I know we've been talking about some pretty heavy topics lately. And honestly, that's probably just going to continue into the future. So we wanted to just take a break for our mental sanity and hopefully yours as well, who's been sticking with us these last eight weeks to, like I said, um, let you get to know a little bit more about us. uh, Let us have some fun, uh, maybe laugh a little bit, tell some jokes. And so we're essentially just going to play 20 questions tonight is what we're doing. Um, so hang on tight because hopefully this is a fun ride. So I've got a website open here with just 20 questions. And some of these some of these questions are like very simple, one word, yes, no answers. Um, so I'm also going to ask that everybody maybe expand just a little bit, just 30, 40 seconds on uh, some of those shorter questions. All right. I thought like, you were going to say 30, 40 minutes. I was ready. <laughs> screaming everything <laughs> <laughs> All right so here's here's the first question have you ever dine and dashed at a restaurant oh. Sarah thanks for volunteering to go first
1: <laughs> 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 I'm laughing at the question no i i have not i've i have not i have had like friends in the restaurant industry that like literally would like murder me if I ever did that. I I just no. But I know I know people who have. That's the funny thing.
0: <laughs> Stacey, what about you? Have you dined and dashed?
1: No, I am too much of a rule follower
2: and goody goody to do, ever do anything like that.
0: Okay. No. Darren,
3: it's all on you. I have not. I have not.
0: Okay, so,
2: so Kevin seems the most shocked. That means I, he I has. I
0: have not. No, I have not. <laughs> but I worked. I worked in the restaurant industry for I think three years, and I would have a dine and dasher at least once a month. Hmm. Um, and I think the, the one that like sticks out of my head was actually a party of like thirty. Oh, they ran up a bill, easily fifteen hundred dollars. Like, it must have been a church group. <laughs> no not church. Not it, it was like somebody's birthday party it was somebody's birthday party and basically it was just a case of nobody knew who was going to pay like everybody assumed somebody else was going to pay so we brought out the bill brought it to the host who like passed it on to somebody else and like me and the other person the other server were standing there kind of watching this happen where they all passed it around the circle. And eventually it just got to like a teenager who like put it down next to them. Cause they're not going to pay this $1, 15, $1,800 bill. And then like 30 minutes later, the host gets up and they all just start walking out. We're like, Whoa, 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 Where, where are you going? <laughs> and um, it was an honest mistake and they didn't quite, Dine and dash. I mean, the the host was upset, and they, you know, got it all figured out. Um, but that that's the one time that it sticks out to me. That's why I'm surprised is because it just happened a lot to me. Is all.
1: Oh no, T- tipping is something that's really like, like I, I I judge people based on how they tip. I'll be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just I do like if you, especially going on dates. Like if you don't tip well, like I. <laughs>
3: Like then I'm judging
1: you. It's not like, like at least, at least do the minimum.
3: Do the bare minimum,
1: right? Right. Like, but you know, yeah. I just I feel like tip well. Like if you're going if you're gonna go out to eat, tip well.
0: Okay, so so what do you tip? What's, what's the tip? I mean, you brought it up. What is a good tip for you?
1: I feel like like, I mean bare minimum for me is twenty percent. Like that's just like I. I guess I've not had many experience. I've had some experiences where service has not been good, but it's usually not like the server's fault. Usually like there's just it's busy in the restaurant or there's, you know, other stuff going on. Um, But from my experience, like I, yeah, I try to bare minimum, like do 20%. um, At least um, a lot of times if I can, if the service is like really, really great. Or if I like, you know, hear somebody's story, and I know this person's working really hard. Um, you know, I got a thing for single moms. So I might, you know, tip a little more if I can. So that's just, that's me. Got
0: a thing for single moms. Darren, what about you? What's your, what's a good tip for you on a good night or good night. on an average night? <laughs> not great service, not, not great service, not bad service. Just like, well, I, you like the
3: idea that that you should just always tip 20% even if it's bad service because of the way that the system is and and even that has racist origins of like tipping in in the US came Ooh, from some jacked up stuff
0: you yes. know
3: always um right. but where where I actually struggle is I was I was like, like maybe a year ago old when I found out that I should have been tipping at hotels and like all these other kinds of places that have really horrible payment structures where like in hotels, room service is like very like you're supposed to tip me. But the housekeepers are making like next to nothing and they really are the ones who do most of the work. Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying to be better about that. But um But I'm also poor and I usually travel on somebody else's dime. And it's just like, I'm sorry, I'm only leaving $5. That's all I can do. (laughs) (laughs) But something's better than nothing because apparently that's what people are making. Cleaning up hotels. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: True. I used to tip when I was like in college. I remember one time I tipped 10% maybe. And when I was with a group of friends and the person who was sitting next to me gave me an earful about how, no, that's not how, like, that is not okay. And it was like two weeks later that I started working at a restaurant. And then I really understood that, no, you, you tip. And that's my standard is just 20% wherever it is. If it's bad service for me, if it's bad service, I ask to speak to a manager on my way out. I am that person and I'll just like just real discreetly to the hostess or host or whoever, um, I turn, I'm like, hey, can I speak to a manager real quick? And I tell him, hey, look, here's my here's my receipt. I already paid, like, I'm not asking for for anything to be comped. I just want you to know this is what happened tonight, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like that's a better way to take care of things because if you tip wrong again, I know because I have the experience, if, if you tip bad people just think that you're a bad tipper. They don't think that they had bad service, like there's nothing on there mm. to change. But if mm-hmm. you talk to a manager and you say, hey, my food came out cold tonight or it just took a long time to get drinks or whatever it is, the manager knows where changes need to be made. That's how I think. I don't know. I don't know if that's right or wrong. That's uh, a practical I emails telling me that it is right or wrong, thanks. Stacy. how do you tip? <laughs>
2: I give out chick tracks. Wow, that looks like a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Well, hey, y'all!
0: Welcome to the Church Leaders Roundtable Podcast. Here we've got me and Darren and Sarah and literally nobody else ever. To <laughs> <laughs> go back in previous episodes wow No.
2: okay so i did um i was a server back in high school ages ago when you were making we were making i think a dollar 25 an hour i think something like that and there i got stuck because i was in high school I a lot of times worked the weekend morning shifts yeah. which are when all the old men come in to have their coffee and if I was lucky, I would get a penny. Wow. Well, like they would just leave like the change sh- basically oh, sometimes. Right? Yeah. So, so thoughtful. So that would happen. Um, and then like a few years ago, recent, um, up until last year actually, I was um a shopper for a one of the large like Grocery store shopping companies that there are. And there's nothing like carrying, you know, loads of bottled water up apartment steps and not getting any tip. And so, yeah, that's always fun when, you know, you're working your ass off and not getting any tip or you get like a dollar tip or something like that. So, but I learned, um, Early in my 20s when I was a nanny, um, I worked for a woman who we would often go out to eat for dinner and stuff. And I went with her and the kids and we traveled frequently, stayed in nice hotels, that sort of thing. So when we went out, that's when I learned how to tip because she always recognized the fact, especially having kids, the kids are messy and they make Like huge messes when we go to, um, you know, out to a nice restaurant or something, you end up with rice all over the floor, pasta all over the floor. So we were really like particular about tipping very generously. And even though I didn't always have a lot of money to tip after I left that family, I always learned that I should at least give a minimum. Like at the time, it was fifteen percent, then it moved up to eighteen, and now it's like basically twenty, I guess. And then if you have extraordinary service, tip on top of that, you know. So that's that's always my point. Is always just be generous with that because we know that service workers are paid pretty shitty around here, so.
1: Especially right now while we're in a pandemic. Yes,
2: especially. Yep. Tip your delivery, people.
0: That delivery fee does not go to the person. It goes to the company.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: We, uh, a few months back, a bunch of the small businesses here in town, up there, uh, the restaurants in town, upped to their minimum wage from whatever it was before. I think just minimum wage, and they all raised them to fifteen dollars an hour, and literally, the bump in pricing is the, the added yeah it's like literally ten percent on top of every mm-hmm. every item on the menu, and they're like, we're not gonna accept tips anymore like at all we're not gonna ask we're not gonna ask our servers to rely on other people when we should be the ones that mm-hmm uh that that provide for them like they're working for us we are alive because of them so that's what that's what we're gonna do and literally it's like a 10% increase in pricing and hey I would rather pay I would rather pay that than than a tip frankly
3: yeah yeah
0: so okay hey, <laughs> right so if you could start a movie what movie would it be Aaron <laughs>
3: Uh, let's see. Um, I'm guessing it's it's either going to be a musical or a, or like a comic book situation. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know. At the moment, at the moment, I feel like I'd have to have to, uh, at the moment, I feel like I'd have to plug myself into something like Steven Universe or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steven Universe is probably the safest one because all the other movies people like sometimes die and I'm not trying to die in a movie. So
0: <laughs> so would you be like a character within Steven Universe or would you be like a voice actor doing Steven Universe? Oh, no, I'd be a character. Oh, okay.
3: I, I need... I need somebody to have the potential to make a like a plush doll of me. <laughs> That's <laughs> you're awesome.
0: You're starring in this, so you're definitely gonna get plush dolls of up. That,
2: that is <laughs> fabulous.
0: <laughs> okay, it's gonna be epic. All right, Stacy. What about what about you?
2: Oh God! So this is hysterical. I'm not thinking of a movie particularly, but like a show, a series. And my husband,
0: so so
2: when my husband goes to listen to this, he's going to be like rolling his eyes big time (laughs) because we are like, we love Outlander and I can't wait for the next season of (laughs) Outlander. So... Sorry, but that's what I'm going to have to go with is Outlander. Even though, like, it's very treacherous, it's very, you know, violent and like the times that they live in. I don't know if I would actually survive it, but you know what? If I can, if I can, like, stand alongside Sam Hewen for even just one episode, God, that would be like phenomenal. So that's my answer.
0: Okay. So my wife started watching. Outlander. I don't think she's finished it yet, so you have to forgive me for this question. Who is Sam Hewan? This is supposed to be a safe space. Don't give me that face.
2: Slap, slap, <laughs> slap, slap, slap. It's Jamie Fraser. He's the main character. The main male character, I should say. Uh, okay. Yes. All right. He's the red-headed Scottish guy. Mm. 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 Yeah.
0: All right sarah god is good and god is right god, and
3: the beauty of god's creation uh,
1: so i have this like like if i had another life i would be like an investigator an fbi agent so like the movies that like i'm drawn to that like i think of like bad boys but if it, have you anyone seen la's finest So, it's supposed to be, like, the spinoff, like, the female version of Bad Boys with Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba. So, I think that, like, being, like, you know, this, like, FBI agent or, like, you know, um, investigator, investigating crime, investigating murder, really, really intense, jumping off of buildings and all that type of stuff, so... (laughs) That's cool. I love that. I'm drawn to movies that are anything crime-related or anything Mm -hmm. drama. And so that's like Law & Order, favorite show. So that's that. If I had to star in any show or movie, it would be something like that. Okay. Cool.
0: Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, Kevin, how about you? Yeah. So for me, I... I... I was going to say so much about who I am as a person. I go back and forth between... Dang, I guess it's it's a show. Also, the question was about movies, but it's also a show. Um, I go back and forth between Bob's Burgers and Archer. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's too like I feel like it's it's two very extreme sides of my personality. Um, where on the one hand, I do like the the fine things in life, and I like dressing up in a suit and just being like a totally cool, badass dude, like Archer is. I'm going to totally forget all all of his other character flaws. Um, But then at the same time, I will literally walk around my house all day long in sweatpants and a t-shirt and just like make breakfast for everybody. And I'm going to cook up some burgers on the grill and just complain about my back being all whatever all day long. And then finally sit in front of the TV with some wine with my wife. Just love it. So, yeah, it, it would. I feel like I kind of already star in Bob's Burgers as is. Um <laughs> That's that. wonderful. Thanks. I mean, none of those are movies, but it's fine. It's fine. This is our show. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Got the power. Uh, hey, Stacey, I'm really curious to know, what was your favorite dinosaur as a child?
2: Dinosaur? Yeah, yeah I wasn't really into dinosaurs. Sorry.
0: Never watched Land Before Time.
2: Um. I think I was like a teenager when I was it came say, there's out. A
0: generational difference there.
2: So, okay. yeah, so, thanks, art. Darren.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I too understand the
0: difference. <laughs> okay, I, but they also made yeah. like 20 Land Before Time, so.
2: So, I think wasn't there like a red dinosaur book or something? Or no, that was a dog. That was a but no, there was a. <laughs> There was a dinosaur book I think we had as a kid but he might have been like the one without the humps. He was like the real long neck and he was probably a vegetarian which totally makes sense.
0: Yep. yep. <laughs> if uh, if my oldest were right here he would tell you that the dinosaur with the long neck is a brontosaurus.
1: And oh. not the to dinosaurs too. Yep. Yeah, never into dinosaurs. Sorry.
0: Okay. Well, that was that was a waste I of time. Try Sarah <laughs> for, <you>. obvious <laughs> for
1: obvious reasons. For obvious reasons?
2: What's
0: what's the obvious reason?
1: I Sarah talk. Sarah, Sarah, uh, that's why. Uh. Oh, oh I see that's what
0: so you good. There. <laughs> you see what I
1: did there?
3: <laughs> wow. Uh,
1: yeah.
3: I think is that our first dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> put them all for damage.
1: Yes. Yeah. Corny jokes. I can do it.
0: <laughs> Darren, Darren, favorite? dinosaur as a child i'm sure you met them in person face to face i knew that shade was coming (gasps) a generational thing and i'm like i gotta say something about
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) that i knew it was coming
0: and i should have had a really
3: witty reply but i don't (laughs) so instead i'll reference a show you probably don't know um denver the last dinosaur yes See. <laughs>
0: okay, so we just found out. Stasis.
1: Silence from the millennials.
0: <laughs> I recognize that. I, I I watched like reruns of that show when I was real
3: little. But reruns, huh? Syndication. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Is that that's all? Okay. Um, that's it. We're moving on. <laughs> that's fine. Uh I think my favorite dinosaur as a child was the Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park. So okay, I'm going to I'm going to nerd out like a little bit here. Mm-hmm. So this dinosaur was bigger and longer than a T-Rex. It had like actual arms that I could use and three claws on each arm. So it like walked around like, and also don't, know worry about it. It also had like a big sail on its back. But what I really liked about it was that it could run really fast on land and presumably it could swim is what they think just because of like, it looks like an alligator and that's kind of how it was built. And so I really liked that because I always wanted to be a really fast runner and a really fast swimmer. And that's what I identified with as a ten-year-old child or whatever I was when Jurassic <laughs> Park Three came out.
2: <laughs> I'm not even gonna address that last phrase that you just said. Oh,
0: don't worry about it.
3: The, <laughs> the part about being 10 when Jurassic Park Park Three, three came up, out. Yes. Came out. Not even the first one, <laughs> even though all twenty-nine of them are the same
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> Stay hold on. I'm going to figure out how par- how old I actually was. 2001. Oh no. Okay. I wasn't 10. <laughs>
2: <laughs> how old were you in 2001?
0: Uh, Do I
2: want to know?
0: So would you have rather been in the marching band or on the, wow. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> I was in orchestra and so I hated the marching band. They were all uh, uh, just, bad, bad people. I dated a girl in marching band and she was just a terrible girlfriend. So, I would have rather been on the debate team in high school. What, Which, which would you have chosen, Sarah?
1: Probably neither because I did, had no interest in any extracurricular activities outside of school except for friends and boys. So, <laughs> if it involved a boy, I probably would have been on maybe the debate team, but... Yeah, I was not that I was not that child that wanted to be in extracurricular activities. I wanted to go to school, be done with school, come home, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I feel like debate team is a lot easier to just like jump into than marching band too. You could join and quit the debate team in a week. You can't. Right.
1: Yeah, I was on the dance team for a season,
3: but yes.
1: that's because all the hot guys were basketball players. So, <laughs> of course, I was there. I got to go to every yes. game. Yes. So. Not my mom listening really knows what I was
0: doing, <laughs> Actually, no, but at least you were in school.
1: Yes, I did. I, mm-hmm. I, I did all my homework.
0: <laughs> Stacy, what about you?
1: So this isn't a choice, honey. Yeah. So
2: let's just say I was in marching band. I was in jazz band. I was in choir, swing choir. We didn't have a debate team, but I was on the speech team. And uh, yeah, what am I forgetting? yearbook team I did I was kind of a nerd so yeah
0: did you miss where I said I was in the orchestra
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah I was in the orchestra yeah
0: okay what'd you play what
2: so I was a trumpet player Oh. And so we didn't in because my school was so tiny, we didn't have an orchestra in our school. We had a band, and if you were in band, you were also in marching band and pep band and all that kind of stuff, right? But we didn't have an orchestra because we didn't have strings at our school. So we instead there was a few of us from my school that drove to another town that we had what was called the Area Youth Symphony. And okay. that's what I was a part of. So I was one of like, I think there were only two trumpet players. There was a really small brass section in the orchestra, this the symphony. So that's what I was a part of. And it was really fun. And yes, I was a little bit of an nerd in high school. Very cool. Part of it.
0: Love it. <laughs> Darren, what about you? Marching band with 18.
3: I too was involved in just about everything. Like they had a list of your senior year, they list all the things you did all four years, yep. and I had a paragraph rather than a line. So, um, but that being said, even though I was musical back then, I don't think I would have wanted to to be in marching band per se. So I would, I'll, I'll go with debate team because that's most closely aligned to the, all the. All the things I did with yeah. computer club, art club, student council. Um, I was, yeah, I was on the pep squad, but uh, okay. we didn't have we didn't have male cheerle- cheerleaders, and I regret that to this day. Mm. It's, it's a, it was sexist.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Meal cheerleaders are bomb.
0: Huh? Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Would Would you rather have endless money or endless love?
1: Money. <laughs> no hesitation.
0: Like. It sounds like a Sunday school
2: <laughs> Yeah, this funny. is gonna sound. How spiritual
0: are you? My wife would know
1: that. I've already been married. <laughs> I have two kids that I love. I have friends and family that I love. So at this point, I'll take the money and be on my way. Okay. Period.
0: You, you, you like commentary under this question it says, it seems cliche, but the older you get, the more you begin to realize that love doesn't pay off student loans. Hello. That is there we the go. That's and the part. There we go.
1: There it is. Love doesn't pay a mortgage. Like pay
0: off. Yep. On some vacation. Are we all saying money?
3: My, oh hell yeah! My my healthy self is saying because I seek out authentic and healthy relationships, I'll have love. But what I can't necessarily plan is endless money, and so I'm gonna go with the money, and
1: that money and endless let, money. And let God provide
3: the love. There that- it is
1: there it is endless there it is wow endless.
3: here's the Jesus they
1: are supposed to seek us right so <laughs> us. <laughs> let me just take this money and go on vacation maybe love will find me over there somewhere Ooh, that sounds good yes. mm-hmm. the Caribbean
0: all the better for it
1: <laughs> there we go while well, I'm sitting on the beach
0: okay okay so that that leads really well into this question that I've been wanting to ask are platonic relationships or romantic relationships more important to you?
3: Oh, this is a fun one.
1: Oh,
0: romantic.
1: Or platonic? <laughs> I feel what like to defined romantic relationships.
3: That part, right?
1: Like, what are we? What are we talking here? Are we talking like committed relationship or like there's a, there's a lot of varieties going on.
0: Yeah, I I, I would say okay. I would say a committed romantic relationship, not a short-term romantic relationship.
1: Oh, that's no fun. (laughs) Then commitment issues.
0: So, Sarah, you're saying you're saying platonic relationship.
1: Platonic, probably. Yeah, at this point in my life.
0: Fair, fair. Stacy what
2: I'm gonna go for platonic i I love having uh, good friends.
3: So my deep thought is that um, romantic love really is kind of an extension of or an expansion of our platonic love. Um, and so I don't the the importance and the way that I navigate um, romance and, and so forth actually is really informed by. My platonic relationships, and I don't, I don't try to do like the super hard left and right of oh well, is this a friend or is this someone you want to date? And it's like I'd rather end up dating someone who I knew as a friend than I would mm-hmm. like trying to meet some random person and then it's like you are the one. Yeah, no, not so yeah, much yeah. <laughs> Yep,
1: that's good. Find, mm-hmm.
0: Friends before you are your lovers. My philosophy. Yeah, okay. I think we're all in agreement on this one too. Rather platonic relationships as generally being more important than romantic relationships, which I think platonic relationships also go beyond like straight up friends. Like I consider a lot of family as platonic because there's not like a word for that. Any like the way I love my brother-in-law or the way I love my kids isn't romantic by any means. But they're also like more than friends. But then the only word we have for that is platonic. In English. In English. Yeah. Well, we're talking in English, Darren. Yes.
3: I'm just saying it's it's a limited language. And, you know, if we get mm-hmm. into the Latin and Greek and stuff. That's <laughs>
0: not words for love. <laughs> Darren, why don't you give us a, a question from your stack over there? Okay,
3: let's see what we're going to pick. I'm going to pick one randomly out of the deck and see if it's real comfortable or not. Oh, this is an intro spectrum one. Well, this is one where you have to listen to other people. So um, what's the best way for us to do this? So the question is, what do you think... I have yet to learn about myself. And so this is the question where you all would say what I you think I need to learn about me.
0: Hmm.
1: That's deep already.
0: It I told you it goes deep. That is that is real deep, like real quick. Uh Stacy, thanks for thanks for volunteering to answer this, this question. Yeah, thank you.
2: RUDE! So, what do I think you, Darren, need to learn about yourself?
3: Or that's somewhere in the pipeline coming. <laughs> and I'll be in the hot seat for this one, and then I'll pick a different card for. Yikes! This month. is this this it's is vulnerable. Tough. Like I would
2: Especially,
1: love no, I would I, love these answers for me because y'all can therapy. I me. still feel like
2: I don't know the three of you that well. Like
0: okay. S- hmm. Like, we know each other pretty darn well at this point, but, like...
3: And this is a, a getting-to-know-you game, so... Mm. Something and it's, I, this is safe. Like, you don't... There's not a wrong answer, per se.
2: Right, but yikes.
0: I like need to learn how much I love you <laughs> as my brother. Wow. Right?
2: That's, that's perfect.
0: As, as somebody that I look up to, I feel like you still need to learn truly that...
1: <laughs> I have I, a potential real answer. <laughs> Sarah. I, not, I just I picked up things. on something you said, and it might not have been a, in a podcast recording, but you mentioned something about your you have a tendency to overcommit. So if I could just guess that boundaries and setting boundaries is maybe something that you either are working on or need to work on
3: definitely absolutely there's that
2: social worker smart (laughs) coming
1: into play (laughs) that's about all I got
3: (laughs) there was a good guy
1: I feel like you're very self-aware though so it was it was hard for me but I, I always for some reason that was one thing that like like I just stuck, like I don't, I, re- I remember random things about people. I don't know why that just stuck with me though.
2: That's good.
0: It is. Can we, can we co-sign, can me and Stacy co-sign that?
3: Well, I learned that Kevin looks up to me and that, that, that's, that's something I didn't know yet. So thank oh, you for oh,
0: that. Uh, no, I do. I, I strive to, as a three, I strive to show the level of authenticity that, that you display like every single day.
3: Appreciate that. As a two wing three,
0: <laughs> that's fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and as a nine, I'm just happy everybody's getting along. Oh. <laughs>
2: I just feel like, as a white woman, I don't need to tell Darren anything. So I'm just going to, I'm just here to listen and to sit.
3: And I'll, I'll offer an, an, another frame for this because sometimes we, we hear it one way and it could be taken another. Um, a, a way that I hear this question is. Um, there are ways that we tend to not see ourselves as good. And so sometimes um the, the way I would naturally approach this question is by naming, for example, um, in fact, I'll I'll flip it around and then that's how we'll how we'll do this one, right? Um, for example, I would name that Stacy um probably probably doesn't fully realize yet how um profound and powerful her contributions are. Mm. Um, like I feel like Stacey's been in a lot of situations where what she's had to say or what she's good at um have been undervalued. And so that kind of can create this like, oh, this is a throwaway idea. But I feel like that's one of those things that maybe in listening back to these episodes or or you know, at some point in the near future that you go, you know what? I got some good stuff to say. So, um, and then for Sarah, I think Sarah is also like really self aware. I feel like Sarah has like, and this is going to sound very evangelical, prophetic, but I feel like Sarah like has a whole business or like a whole like major platform of healing, Mm -hmm. um, of, you know, wellness and health and, and advocacy, something in that range that. Right now, when when it's more like survival and recovery time, it's hard to like dream big like that. But I really do feel like Sarah's like got so much ahead. Um, and then for Kevin, um, I feel like I feel like in a similar way because uh, we're all in like healing spaces and recovery spaces um, where Kevin Kevin probably also minimizes a lot of a lot of what he thinks about himself. Um, but that's in somewhat intention as a three, because threes are like, hey, here I am, I'm trying to shine, I'm trying to do my thing. Um, but again, that that kind of reflex to to pull pull back and 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 diminish. Um, I think like Kevin is going to find that happy balance and like shine in his most authentic performer three self down the road. All right. Well, I'm up.
1: Wow. I love it. Right now. Got me all in my feels right now. Like I was not expecting it to be all in my feels today. Yeah, for
0: the feelings.
1: <laughs> I know just
0: I was, ask, I was gonna ask, what's what's your biggest fear? Which I guess might be a, a good segue from this, but like I feel like anything I'm gonna ask is <laughs> <laughs> well we could there I do have a,
3: a, a fear question here. Oh <laughs> um and we can all take turns answering this one what's your greatest fear about getting older honestly yeah
0: my greatest fear about getting older uh is that i did not do enough to set my kids up for success that Mm -hmm. is always gonna be like we've got from the moment they were born we got um we, we just we made several investments into our kids and are continuing to make like we, we opened up college accounts for them. We, we have cash value life insurance for them. We've got these different things set up, and in, in a way that hopefully we are we're setting them up for success. But the one thing I go back to every single time, and I ask uh, our financial advisor this every single time is, "What more can I do?" What more can we do to set them up better? And every single time she's like, honestly, at this point, I mean, we just talked three weeks ago or something. And she said, at this point, the only thing you can do better is put more money into these avenues that you've already started. She goes, but that just comes with time. That's just like, if you've got $100,000 for each one of them, then put it in right now. But if you don't, you're already doing it. But that's my biggest fear. Yeah, I was going to say,
3: I was like, of, of of everyone I know, I'm figuring you have more of the things covered already than anyone I know.
0: I was a financial advisor right out of college, so.
3: So there's that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Who else? What uh, what fears do you have of getting older?
1: I would say not. I, I'm very slow to putting myself out there and like achieving goals that I have um, because I've just been ever since I was younger, just forced to do things that I had to do, you know, out of, you know, necessary, you know, this is the situation I was in crisis. So being able to be more intentional about goal setting, you know, because in one of the groups that Kevin and I are in, he's always asking about goals. And it hits me every single week, because it's scary to think that, you know, will I, you know, achieve everything that I'm capable of, like when you mentioned, you know this platform like that's some like i feel like things are brewing in me and i need to do more and i'm meant to do more but i'm so slow to get there because of just you know various internal battles so that's a fear is like am i going to be able to be all that i'm capable of being um and a lot of it's for you know for my kids because as a single mom i don't want to be and i hate to say it this way but what society views as a statistical you know single mom that you know we're just doing what we have to do to scrape by, you know, I want my kids to see me thrive. I want them to be, you know, achieving my goal so that they have an example set before them. So that's something I, I fear, but I'm working through it.
3: That's what's up. We're all, we're all working through it.
1: Yeah. I
2: think mine, based on what I've I've been going through for like the last 10 years probably is, this feeling of stuck and not being able to move out of it and end, come to the end of my life still being stuck in that moment just not being able to get out of it that's probably my biggest fear is just not accomplishing what I want to do not being able to fulfill hopes and dreams um that's from the, the dreamy side of me, I guess. And then the realistic also side of me, the more practical is also the not setting our kids up well as well. Um, Like Kevin said, just not having that, we made some very stupid, stupid mistakes at the beginning of our marriage financially. And um, it, it set us back. And then, you know, I've been staying at home with the kids now this year and it's, it's hurt us financially, not able to do certain things that we would normally would do towards helping the kids get, you know, more money for college and that sort of thing. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. That's interesting. I, um, I, uh, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about what it means to, to like leave legacy and church ten, tends to like frame that in the, in the sense of having kids. Yeah. Um, and there's a part of me that young, when I was younger, I kind of mourned the idea of me having kids because I'm gay and now just, I'm not acceptable, accessible in the, um, in the space that I was in at the, at the time. But um, now I'm like 41 and I'm like, well, now I feel like it's too late. But then I also think about, um, I just saw a, there's a, there's an actor, um, black male actor who um, is having kids at 51, his first kid at 51. And he's, and he's like part of headlines that he feels like waiting felt like the right thing to do for him. And so, and I, I have other friends who, Um, they, their first kid I think they were in their forties as well. And so there's a part of me is just like, you know, maybe I don't have to necessarily assume that, you know, things aren't possible, or maybe I should be looking at, you know, depending on how relationships go and all this other stuff of, um, what are the other ways that I might incorporate, uh, family or raising kids in that kind of context, but that also, is to say that the only legacy I can leave isn't necessarily being a parent. Um, And so also thinking about what does it mean to live and to get older in a way that's not simply endlessly working to stay alive, like not Mm -hmm. just endlessly working to keep food on the table or to, you know, um, make it through another day, but to create something that's going to last beyond beyond my years. So, yeah. Yeah. If uh if I switch it up, um I think this one um lightens the mood a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um this this question asks, describe when you feel most alive.
2: This is a weird one for me. So two things. And it came up kind of in an earlier question about like, would you choose uh the marching band or the debate team? (laughs) So one music. Obviously, if I'm singing or playing piano or something like that, that really like, like, I'll be honest, I miss the times when I was leading worship. I miss that. I was like, that was a big part of who I was. Um, So that, and then if I'm in a good heated debate, mm, you know, there's something about that. I know a lot of people think, they don't like to argue. Oh, bring it. I'll argue. I like that. Board games, if there's a competition, I'm going to win. And I'm going to do what I can to win without cheating, of course. But that's, yeah.
3: We did establish you're an eight or no?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a seven.
3: <laughs> seven. Wing eight, though. Yeah. I Gotta know. be wing eight.
0: I could not I'll see
2: redo that. the test. It's been a while, so. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm going to get you to sit down with my wife for like 30 minutes and just (laughs) she can hear me out in the living room. She's probably rolling her eyes at me right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. To, to piggyback off that, I think, I think the, the times when I feel most alive are like either when I'm preaching or just, I guess kind of like, giving a speech in channel, like talking in front of people kind of in general, and I know what I'm talking about. And I've prepared well, and I'm just like, in my element, doing my thing. Um, there's that. And then also, also debating. Um, from the time when I was like, very, very little, like, single digit child. Um, my parents would tell me, yeah, you're gonna be a lawyer one day, or you're gonna be you're gonna make a great lawyer one day. And if I get into an argument with somebody, this is going to sound really prideful, but if it's also true, if I get into an argument with somebody, it's because I know that I can out argue them either because I'm right and have better facts or just because they're a bad debater. <laughs> and so I can like, I'm if, if we are arguing, If I'm debating with, I'll put it this way. If I'm debating with somebody, I'm not trying to convince you to my side. I'm just showing you all the ways that you're wrong. And as a three, that's like, (laughs) that's part of why I, I very purposefully like pull myself back is because I'm like, like that, that pride comes out. Um, but, but those are the times when I feel most alive when I'm telling people they're wrong. (laughs) things right. come
3: alive all right. from greatest showmen <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would be a great show to be in that's oh, that i thought be-
3: about it but i i i don't like who the show is about i love the music from the show, yes which is a whole other episode
0: for yes. us to break into uh, okay
2: that's good
0: Zac Efron, he also starred in that show didn't say you had to be like the main star you could just be one of the stars i'll be zach Efron.
2: No one cares about Zac
3: Efron. <laughs> oh, I have a friend who right now is offended that you said such a thing.
0: <laughs> we just lost two bucks All right.
2: He's like, what, 20 years old? I mean, come on.
0: I think he's
3: 20. I mean, he's like. I'm sure I am sure I could ask an Amazon device and find out in a second, but I won't do that right now. He's
1: going
2: off. Oh, he's
3: 33. Nice.
2: That's still like a baby for me, so
3: you know. <laughs> I was like, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, for me, <laughs> for me feeling most alive. Yeah, it's a hybrid. Um, being, and I, th- I think this is my three wing coming out. Um, I do feel super great when I am empowering people like when i'm leading people so like yeah in leading worship or leading like especially put me in a, w- with a bullhorn in front of a crowd of people it's like oh i can do this this is i was born for this yep um and it's but i lead from this place of my ideal leadership is i want to lead myself out of a job i want you to like feel so empowered and you know like there's like the african proverb of um a great leader um, teaches people and, and 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 equips them, and at the end they say, "Look what we did," rather than "Look what you did." And so, like that kind of thing is just like, yeah, if I can if I can put the things into people's hands and so forth, then I'm going to feel like, oh, that was so awesome. Um, second up from that would be when I can be like creative with my lights and. It sounds it's the it's where I nerd out and I'm learning not to apologize for it. It's just like I really love the little sparkles and the colors and the overlaying things and the and the way shadows work. And so as a photographer and as a creative, like I'm like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that because somebody had to love it enough to like make it make it part of how we see the world. Um, and so I'm just gonna own that. And be it's alive.
1: beautiful. Your whole vibe that you grab going. I love looking right. at your like the light. Like I I sit there and I look at the little lights going down that you have behind, uh-huh.
3: you,
1: and it's so calming. It's it's a whole vibe. I love and it.
3: For those who are listening only, uh, <laughs> I, I have this whole setup where at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I made the decision that I was going to be super comfortable in my space, and so for me that meant buying all kinds of like LED lighting and effect lighting that. Uh normally people say, well, like, are you having a party or something? Like, what is that? Um, but for me, it's just how I how I color my space in a way that's really authentic. And so yeah, we'll 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 do a video episode
0: one day or something. I don't know. These days it will be one of our it'll be our uh, Patreon reach goal.
2: Yeah, <laughs> there we
0: go. Sir, <laughs> did you answer the question?
1: I didn't, I, I would say there's a few things. And, and for me, I, I, I'm simple in some of them, but you know, I am very much a helper. It's been in just ingrained in every job and every part of me, like emotional support is just like, I just feel like I'm, I'm just meant for that. Um, and so when I'm sitting with someone in their wellness and their stuff, and they just, you know, I'm providing that space for them and they're venting or whatever it is they're doing. It's like that moment for, I don't even have to say anything. I just, but it's like being there for somebody, just providing that safe space for them to get that all out. Because I know, I know what it's like to, you know, when you have pent up emotions and you feel like you, you don't have anywhere for them to go. So um, I feel, I feel really alive when I'm able to do that. And you know, the, the nine in me then also needs to really like go into solitude afterwards because it is really draining. Um, but that's, that's something for me, like really helping people, um, emotionally supporting people that, you know, I'm a, I'm a doula also, so I've emotionally supported women in labor. So there's just these different avenues that, um, I feel like it, it kind of shows up Um, I also get these really weird like inklings, like sitting next to people, like just being like something's off about that person. Like I feel like they're not okay, And then like it bugs me if I don't ask them. So, yeah, that's that's a big one for me. And then recently it's been when I put myself out there because I tend to just convince myself that, you know, my voice doesn't really need to be heard or I can just fall in the background and just go with the flow. But when I'm able to put myself out there, um, that feeling of being like, okay, you did this, like you put yourself out there and like, it's okay. Like the world didn't end. <laughs> like people don't hate you or maybe they do, but it doesn't matter. So those are, those are some moments for me um, that I really just, I really feel alive. healing when I, when I'm healing and realizing, you know, overcoming a trigger, overcoming something, you know, that moment of being able to reflect back and be like, wow. This is where I was and this is where I am now. So those are some big ones for me right now.
0: So good. Getting to know each other so well, y'all.
1: I like that
2: because I can hear that in your voice. When you Mm -hmm. even talk about it, your passion comes out. I got
1: loud.
3: (laughs) I didn't know you were a doula as well. I didn't
1: know either. That's exactly about me. Yes. I at one point in my life was a labor and postpartum doula. So I sat with women in labor and supported them postpartum and um, I loved it. And it's something that later on down the line I'll probably get back into. But for now, I'm taking a little break. Right. Mm-hmm. Although I still get random friends that are pregnant that are like, What is this? Is this normal? What's happening? So Yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs>
0: it be a like at home doula for people everywhere.
1: Virtual support. I could do it.
0: What else you have for us, Darren?
3: Um, we should do it a- we should do a fun one and then I have some we can come back to. Okay.
0: All right, um okay what okay, what would you rather do? Now, oh, that one's stupid. never mind. would you rather <laughs> would you rather ride a bike, ride a horse, ride a motorcycle, or drive a car?
2: Where are we going
0: uh Let's start off with down the street like to the grocery store. To to the grocery store to pick that's, up a soda, like one It's s- so practical. <laughs> no. Just just down the street to pick up something that you can hold in one hand. Like you don't need a trunk full of groceries or anything. <laughs> you got to hang
1: on a motorcycle. That is like a dream of mine. Like I have like a bike inner biker chick in me somewhere. I don't know yes. if it's because like, my mom, like it, family members, like I've, I've, I've been riding on a motorcycle since I was like six years old. So, and you're not really riding on a motorcycle unless you're riding down 95, go leaving Delaware, going to Philly in traffic and then coming back in the pouring rain. Yeah.
3: Oh wow, yeah. No, the rain part can't
1: do Yeah, it. the rain part, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, I won't do that again, but <laughs> yeah, the feeling of just being on a motorcycle, like I've always ridden on one when someone else was driving it, but yeah. Okay. Maybe that's like on a ride, a bucket list thing for me.
0: Okay. Darren, what about you? Horse, bike, motorcycle, or car? Um, I mean there's the practical
3: sense of I do everything in the car. I mean, even when I get home, like, I'm very likely to sit in the car for 45 minutes and just to, like, decompress, <sighs> which I heard is actually a spiritual practice. It's a
1: vibe. It is a whole vibe. It is a
3: thing. It it's is. a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think in this instance, it'd be nice if I lived in a place where year-round it made total sense to, for me to hop on a bike. That would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. but I live in Chicago and it's so, cold here.
2: But I, when I lived in Minnesota, I had like these hippie friends that rode their bikes everywhere. A couple of them, in fact, were couriers, bike couriers in yeah. downtown Minneapolis and in the dead of winter. In the like, dead of winter. Yeah. They're, they were diehards though. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's not something a, a casual bike rider is going to do. Right. Yeah. Nope. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I'd be hopping on the bike, too. Yeah, I like I used to bike on the regular, like for fun, for exercise, all that kind of stuff. It's not as safe to bike here. Um, Drivers just don't know how to drive around bicyclists, so it makes it a little bit challenging. But we are getting better like paths and stuff to use. So, but I'll choose the bike.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I think I would also choose a bike, like maybe a horse. But I feel like I, like I want to be just the type of person who's like, all hun, right, hon, I'm going to head to work and grab my bike and bike the four miles that it you know, it takes me mm-hmm. to get to work. But especially in Lawrence, because we're a very pedestrian-friendly town where we have bike lanes everywhere and neighborhoods that don't have sidewalks are getting sidewalks. And like, it's just very pedestrian friendly. And so I think that if I was going to do it anywhere, it'd be here. I know I could not do it in Houston where everything's 20 minutes away or San Diego where everything's 30 minutes away. Um, and I like, I'd, I'd like to bike everywhere. I don't know.
1: But San Diego has the whole, like you can just pick up a bike and drop it wherever you like there's bikes and scooters everywhere.
0: Yeah. But it takes you 30 minutes to get anywhere
1: Not in the city. Of San Diego.
0: Okay, okay. But, right. <laughs> you're talking to like a pastor. Like, I'm not gonna live <laughs> in the city of San Diego. I'm gonna live in like La Mesa down the street from my in-laws, and this is how I'm gonna figure out if my in-laws actually do listen to the podcast like they said they do. <laughs> and <Anyway.
2: It's> it.
3: <laughs> like hello, are you listening? Anyway. Right. We'll put little Easter eggs in every
0: episode. Yeah. There you go. There was there was one question I, I didn't really want to ask. Uh, but it was what is one secret you haven't told your mom yet? <laughs> oh. Maybe, you know, maybe we can get to that one at the end and throw in some Easter eggs. I,
3: I always have those kind of things come up when I'm like preaching or or doing some very obviously public thing. Um, but I've always like been I've t- typically told my parents the last because i've of course my law i've typically told my parents things last uh because i trust them and i'm not worried about them but that also means like they end up hearing some of the worst
0: there's there's some things that my parents have found out about me through my preaching or even through like Mm -hmm. like my blogging like my mom called me up couple months ago and she was like you did what <laughs> <laughs> do you not know about that uh yeah <laughs> so i i get that that's that's a whole mood right there that's a thing
2: <laughs> yeah my mom doesn't know anything my mom. I, don't, I don't tell her anything she's yeah there's no need for her to know stuff
0: i mean there's definitely stuff i don't like There's plenty that I don't tell my parents, but (laughs) three specific things that I haven't told them. This is how I'm going to figure out if my parents listen to the podcast.
2: They'll be calling you up.
0: There's three specific things that I have not told my parents and probably won't by the time this releases actually. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Nice.
3: All right. So, um,
0: this one, this will, this
3: one will be in the vein of a fun one, but it's an annoyance. What is the question that you are sick of people asking you? I'll set it up. For me, um, it's it's almost always related to my hair. I have no problem talking about my hair. I have I have waist length uh, waist length locks. I've been growing them for about fifteen years, and um, you know it's a major feature. So. It's not, I don't have a problem talking about it. The strange question that I I can almost assume somebody is going to ask is, how long are you going to let your hair grow? Like, there's like some kind of little like measuring stick. I'm like, yeah, once it gets to 24.7, you know, it's like, no. (laughs) I don't have a plan. It's just, it's what I feel like. And then two, um, how much does your hair weigh? And I'm like, how many people have put their head on a scale and figured out how much? Like, what? That's so random. (laughs) Yes, it's thick hair. It's big hair. And yes, if it's wet, I could probably snap my neck. But I don't know how much it weighs. And I've never counted how many locks I have. Thanks. I do know (laughs) my locks, but I've never counted them. (laughs) Nice. So, what question are you sick of being asked?
2: Are you having any more kids or when are you having more kids?
3: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah.
2: Honey, I am past that. And I've been past that and mama can't have no more kids. So. Yeah.
0: So boom. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. There it is.
1: I get the along the lines of that. I get the, are you dating anyone? Are you going to get married again? Um, and then, so lifelong question that I've always gotten is, what are you? And I mentioned that in another episode, but that was just always something like, like a human being, like, where do you want me to go with that one? <laughs> but um, recently, yeah, the the questions about like my family unit, like more kids, marriage, like, all Of that, and I'm like, can I just be having fun being single? Or the people that are, oh, I wonder if I know somebody in their 30s. No, 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 we're not gonna do that. So, awesome. <laughs>
0: awesome. um, I think, I mean, I think definitely the what are you question or where are you from, um. I hate that question. always have always will. There's nobody that unless I move to like England and pick up a terrible accent, I will never not hate that question.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: but also, I, I generally like I really don't like small talk. And I've had um, I've had arguments like just straight up arguments with my mother in law, for example, where. Like, I just, I do not like small talk. I can't stand small talk. Yeah. Um, because if you want, if you really want to get to know me, there's better questions to ask than, how's your day been? Like, can't stand that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Plus, like, nobody ever actually wants a real answer. Like, I do want a real answer. Your but
2: therapist I,
0: wants I, a
3: real answer. <laughs> right. But I challenge the way people respond when they say, fine, but please go on. This is your story.
0: No. And and I get that because like, as I'm saying that, I'm like, well, I ask people that and I truly want to know. But then there's that. Like if somebody says, oh, I'm good. I'm like, are you really? What, what made your day so good? They're like, oh, nothing yeah. in particular. Oh, so you're okay. Are you average? Are you bad? Like. And so I'll probe a little bit, but I mean, I'm talking typical on the street, you know, somebody you sees a friend you haven't seen in a long time at the store. They're like, oh, hey, how are you? They don't want to hear about how, oh, well, you know, my dog just died and it's cold and I'm here picking up groceries, but I don't know if I can pay for them. Like people don't want to know the real story in target aisle F23. Like, yep. and so I, I just, I don't like small talk i hate I hate these small talk questions, mhm i mean
3: one one revolutionary way to to counter small talk is to give them real answers,
0: yeah, and then people look at you weird and back oh.
3: you know, I was like well, you asked,
0: oh so good, <laughs> I'm doing so good because I just finished this renovation at church, and the student like Praised Jesus, and and this happened, and that happened, and like things are going fantastic. What about you? I want to know about you. I'm good. <laughs> okay, good. Tell, tell me more. I just told you <laughs> how good I am. I want to know how good you. Anyway, that's me. That's me. <laughs>
3: it's a thing. Here's a here's uh, hopefully a good one. um When did you first experience? True love. Being reminded that love can mean a lot of things. When did you first experience true love? Yikes! First encountered Jesus. <laughs> I knew there was a Jesus juke coming. I knew it. Mm-hmm. You gave it earlier. You gave it earlier.
1: I don't have just one answer for that. As That's fine. Like you can take as many no as you want. Like one, like. I, I don't believe in this one, like, one true love and all that. Um, I mean, I would say there was a first time I experienced love in, like, in a romantic way in fifth grade, a fifth grade boyfriend. Um, But, yeah, it showed up in different ways, like, just different levels of love, I would say. But the first time I think I really felt loved for me and who I really was and seen and um was able to like share something with someone where I felt like I was just being my authentic self that wasn't until college
0: so
3: yeah I think
0: the first time I like you always know your your parents love you. you always know Like, that's a, that's a, I guess, thought in the back of your head, like, oh, my parents, of course, my parents love me, like, whatever, right? Um, but I think the first time that really ingrained in me, where I was like, I can literally tell you anything, and you're going to be there for me. I was, I want to say I was 20. Um, and I dated this girl who was just like terrible for me, which seems like all like most of my girlfriends. <laughs> just <had. laughs> and then my wife found me. Like that's just how it is. Um, but I dated this girl who was terrible for me. Like I I considered um, moving out of state for her. I mean, it was just just a bad situation all around. And then the way the way that we ended that relationship was I found out she was cheating on me for like six months prior. Um, and so I came I came to this just super, super low point in my life where I had literally nobody else to turn to because the relationship with her was so toxic. It had ruined my friendships to that point. Um, and I just had nobody else to turn to. And I remember I was sitting in my parents' house one day, just bawling my eyes out because this girl was spreading lies about me. She was just doing terrible things. She was stalking me. I mean, it was it was bad. And her latest thing was telling me that um that I had to stay with her. This is like three months after we break up, too, but that I had to stay with her because she was pregnant. And she was just like, she was just gaslighting me. And I was so far down this hold that I I had no way out and so I'm sitting in my parents house just bawling my eyes out and like my parents can't figure it out and I remember telling them if I tell you you're just going to kick me out if I tell you you're just you're just not going to want to have anything to do with me because my dad my dad was a pastor at the time still is I don't know why I said that but my dad was a pastor Um, I was the the worship leader minister at the church youth minister and I'm like, this is just gonna ruin everything. And I, and they're like, no, please like, please tell us. And so I was like, okay, fine. This is what this girl is saying. And it was that moment. Like I could see it in their eyes. They knew that was a moment. And my dad just got up and he hugged me the like one of those like tight everything's gonna be okay hugs. And he's like, Hey, kiddo, you're gonna be okay. And it was that moment that I knew, I really was gonna be okay. And she wasn't; she was just lying because she was a liar, McLierson. And that was it. Period. Whatever. But I didn't know that at the time, right? But so, like, that was, I think, the first time that I really, really, truly understood. Hey, this is what like love should feel like. This is this is what protection should feel like. Thankfully, it wasn't the last time, but it was the first. First that I.
3: Awesome. Come on for that agape love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my story. I, I thought I was the only one who's going to have story time. Um, Sorry. Was, it, no, it's good because my story time should come with a uh, a gross content warning, um, and not because it's gay. Uh, <laughs> so. When I was in college, it was my first like serious relationship, and this was before I had the whole "I'm not gay anymore thing. Um but this is my first serious relationship, and uh, first time like really dating anyone seriously. and and so um I'd gotten to know this guy, and we were hanging out. and uh, we were. Uh, we gone to get something to eat, and I remember it's like around between Christmas and New Year. Um, and I was going to stay at his place, and um, we had, you know, like IHOP or something. I don't know. I'm not trying to trying to plug or shame whichever restaurant it was. But we ate, went back to his place, and we were, you know, kissing and being close and so forth. Won't won't make this the PG thirteen version, but we were we were intimate. And uh, as we were being intimate, um, my stomach decided that it no longer needed the contents of that night. Um, And so in his bed, I had thrown up all over both of us. And the levels of, like, shame (laughs) in that moment. And you're like... Yeah, right but you're also like what do i do what you like what do you even do like what's the next step after that right and so <laughs> well for everybody listening we are mortified all mortified over the faces you. this needs to be video everyone's heads down <laughs> you think i said let us pray <laughs> um, <laughs> And so in this moment where I am still trying to figure out how how I can sit continue to be a carbon being, like and not just evaporate into atoms, um uh he gets up and he like cleans me up and he cleans the bed up and he changes the sheets and he like gives me some clothes to wear Aww. and he, like embraces me. And I'm like,
2: I'm not worthy.
3: Like I could not fathom him like taking care of me in that moment. And here's where it gets really deep, because here's here's the Jesus juke. Years later, when I when I did follow this ex-gay path, and while I'm like in the basement of the church, feeling horrible about who I am and, and what I've done and, and you know, guilting myself. Um, God like reminds me of this story. And I'm like, oh, another thing I need to repent of. And God essentially interrupts my thought pattern. And it's just like, that's when I showed you what unconditional love is. Mm. And I'm like, oh wait. And so of course, then the Bible scripture about, you know, how when you were when you were you a mess and and God cleans cleans you up and you know, you were all these other things, and I loved you, and and I'm like, wait, God, you cannot be showing me unconditional love through a homosexual relationship. But even back then, even with all the context that I had, it was very clear that oh, this is this is what it means to love unconditionally. This is what it means to love self in a self giving way. Um, and since then I, it's like been the most profound understanding of again not this idea that we're so bad and that we're so worthless and, and it's like no like god's love like sees through so much mess mm-hmm. that that yeah that we can we can be loved that way and so to to allow myself to be loved that way oh yeah that we're still working on that 20 something years later but um yeah that was that was and it was it was a that was a secret revelation for a long time because it was just like okay god definitely taught me something but i can't tell that in sunday school (laughs) but that that became my that became my my like high standard of unconditional love like oh yeah
0: pretty good standard you know it works pretty high standard i mean i can i can speak and this one will gross people out too uh like children having children Mm -hmm. Uh
1: they,
0: they play with they play with stuff they shouldn't be playing with they do and there's been more than once when, especially especially with our youngest, like I don't know what's up with him, but he likes taking off all his clothes, like in the middle of the night. So he'll wake he'll wake up with just a diaper, and every now and then that diaper is a little extra dirty, mm-hmm. and he just he just like wants to play around with what's in his diaper. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that he happens to grab, sometimes it's in the front and we walk in, and he's like, got his diaper off, whatever. Sometimes it's whatever came out the back. And yeah, it's that, it's that love. I don't know, from my perspective, it's that love of, of course I would, like, there's no other choice but to clean you up. Mm-hmm. I love you so much. I'm,
3: yeah,
1: definitely love. A whole different level of love. You'd be doing things you never thought you were gonna be doing when you have kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> growing that. kids, feeding them.
0: Growing kids. <laughs> I will say though, I have never cleaned up a, a man who just uh vomited all over me in my bed ever <laughs> before. I have not experienced that type <laughs> of love yet. Um, you never know. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> my wife is a
2: so My story is kind of similar to Darren's, I guess, like, so my growing up was weird and and I had boyfriends and stuff, but I never like and we all, you know, like boyfriends you say you love each other and whatnot, but like that, that real kind of like being in love, I don't think really hit me until I married my husband and I was like 34. 36 years old when I married him. So, uh, you know, that take, that's a while <laughs> to go. You know, you have good friendships and stuff like that, but not, I don't know, that whole unconditional stuff. So, like, when we were dating, we went out one night. So this is kind of similar to Darren's in the fact of um, we went out. I had a little too much to drink. And I did that thing where you mix... N- you drink the wrong drinks together. <laughs> what, Great like, choices. Wine with dinner and then you have like a margarita or something after and too close together, not enough food type of thing going on. And the margarita that they were serving us at the second place that we went to, it was like a one of those like dueling piano bar places, you know? And it's like hyper super hyper mode in there. So you're just like drinking away and drinking away. And then I was, like, starting to feel it. And I was like, you know, maybe we should go. So as I tried to focus my way on out of the bathroom and to find him again, and we get out, we're driving down, we'd left, like, the downtown area. And I was like, pull over, like, pull over now, like, type of, you know, like let's do this. And he's like, I, we can't pull over in this neighborhood. And I was like, I don't care. Like fucking pull over now. (laughs) So we pull over at this gas station, not the best neighborhood in the world. And I'm puking. out. so then we leave and we get to my apartment and I just like hover over the toilet. He pulls my hair up and he just lets me puke into the toilet cleans me up you know that whole thing and I was like okay that's a good guy (laughs) and then so you know fast forward a few years we get married we have um our first child and it ends up being a c-section unplanned and uh you know you don't really know what your relationship is like until you have a C section. And if you haven't had one before, you don't know, people don't talk about this ever Mm -hmm. is that it can be very uncomfortable to turn and place your hand (laughs) behind yourself while you're sitting on the toilet. If you have to wipe or even just to try and go. And here's my husband wiping a grown woman's ass, you know, because I couldn't do it myself. (laughs) And, you know, that's you wouldn't do that
1: for just anybody. (laughs) It's the level Uh, of service. It's right. it's It's a different level of intimacy. Yeah.
2: And even just the when we were um, at the hospital, we had, I was in labor for 24 hours. Um, well, we I was in labor for like 18 hours. And then we had to transfer from a birth center to the hospital. And they ended up putting me on Pitocin to try and, you know, move it along and, um, wasn't working. So they're like, um, we need to take you in for a C-section and that's when you could see the fear on his face. And when you see that fear, because you don't know, and just, you know, major abdominal surgery, isn't just, you know, going in for a little tiny cut, you know, type of thing. So, he was definitely scared and I was scared, but it was just that time when you see like how much someone loves you and cares for you. And, you know, it was, it was a scary time, but it was a nice time as well. So
1: I don't know. That's all I got.
0: That's awesome. For real. Beautiful. Yeah. My feels again.
1: Stories.
0: Right. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all, it's it's that time, so hopefully I know I've had fun. I hope I hope the three of y'all had have had fun.
1: Definitely.
0: Indeed. I love like just getting I mean, I consider all three of you very close friends. Um, but I love just getting to know y'all better. Uh and hopefully if you're listening to this, you do too. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Church Leaders Roundtable Podcast uh for the rest of the month of march we're going to be talking about uh gender and actually i'm just going to leave it at that because like we've got a lot of different things that we're talking about with gender um so be sure to join us next week as we talk about gender we uh celebrate women's history month in our own way uh here on this podcast be sure to uh subscribe and rate us five stars if you enjoy us the that's honestly the biggest thing that you can do is share this rate us five stars, follow our, follow our podcast, wherever it is that you're listening. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever it is that, that, uh, you frequent. And if you've got any questions, if you have any suggestions, if you have any comments or whatever you want, you want to get to know, you heard something on this and you want to get to know more about, uh, more about whatever, uh, be sure to also, um, leave, leave us, a drop us an email down below. So thank you all very much. I hope we hope that you have a great rest of your day, and we will talk at you next week.
2: Call oh, you
1: who are looking for that mystery you
3: can Yep, yeah, you're cancelled, it's too late. <laughs>